Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today I'm your host Michelle Pauvert and I'm chatting with Nadine who is a strategic copywriter and I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. Not only is she a copywriter friend, but she is also living kind of my opposite life. She is a European in Australia. I'm an Aussie in Europe. So I think it's going to be really fun to dive in and have a chat. So Nadine, thank you so much for joining me. Do you want to do a proper intro for yourself and then we can have a nice chat? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle, to begin with. Um, Always (laughs) lovely to talk about my favorite topic copywriting (laughs) and things audience intel um -hmm. so as you said i am a strategic website and email copywriter based in sydney australia where it's uh rather hot at the moment so we're on the end (laughs) of of summer um i also have three kids between the ages of four and twelve so have plenty on my hands um Mm. and try to build a business around um, around them as much mm. as it's possible. So it's taken me a while to establish ways of working and, mm. um, you know, boundaries that really support that. But um, absolutely love what I'm doing nowadays. And I've been full-time in my business since late 2020. So I took the plunge after uh, working in the corporate world, being completely uninspired. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like so many of us starting as a side hustle and um, yeah, working out who I want to work with, what type of work I want to do. And I've really found um, yeah my passion. So supporting mostly um, fellow female uh, business owners with their copy and email and also audience intel gathering because that's so important to mm. actually streamline everything in your business, your marketing, your copy, and actually you know speak to your dream customer. Yeah. yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. That's fascinating. I think we've got lots lots to dig into already. Yeah. I, <laughs> I want to start with this term, audience intel. I don't think I've heard that term before. I would love for you to share a bit more about what that is. Like what, what do we do to get audience intel for our own businesses? <laughs> yeah, so um, funnily enough, when I started as a copywriter, like so many people, um, I thought copywriting was all about creativity and having a natural way with words and being mm. able to really, you know, make language sing, basically. But um, what I quickly found out is that uh, there's so much more to copywriting than simply stringing together words. It's <laughs> basically, um, yeah, taking that step back before you actually hit the keyboard. So mm. truly getting to know your audience, um, how they talk about their problems, um, what conversation is going on um, in their mind, mm. what keeps them up at night, um, yeah, the desires, the transformation they're hoping for, all those glorious things that actually help you write copy that um, truly connects with that particular dream customer of yours. So that speaks to the core of their of their existence, basically. And um, yeah, I quickly started incorporating that into all my services. Um, I've also now got a DIY program that helps people who can't afford to work with me to implement it themselves. But it's transformed not only the way I approach copywriting projects, it's also, um, yeah, helping my mostly mum clients to streamline um, the way they work and really find the clarity um, it takes to 
yeah, market with confidence and with clarity mm. and, and quickly as well, because they've got a database and, um, you know, first-hand insights to, to use to come up with topics, with content ideas, um, and also with messaging that they can repurpose um, to sell with empathy and really connect with that dream customer. Mm, it sounds like it's taking that sort of market research thing another level. You mentioned like having a database, having this sort of information you can mine as you write. I'm really curious if, you know, we've done market research and we, you know, have had chats with our ideal clients. How could we pull together something like this? Like this sounds like a very useful asset to have in our business. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and so many times when I talk to um to leads, you know, clients who get coming to me, they go, I actually have talked to my clients. I've, mm-hmm. I have conversations with my customers all the time. And then when it actually comes to providing me with that intel, you know, the glorious insights that they have collected, <laughs> they actually have no idea where it is. It's all in email trials. It's in their mm-hmm. Instagram stories archives where they had polls and, you know, that's their classification of actually having those valuable conversations and they have mm. no way of organizing it. So, um, yeah, the system that I've come up with is actually um, sorting yeah their audience into buckets so I like to call it super easy buckets that you um, keep adding to so um, as you gather new intel um, as you have conversations with customers new things that are popping up you can simply add to those buckets and um, the buckets that I keep referring to are um, pain points so the things that keep them up at night so you can address all those um, you know uh, all those problems that you're solving with your with your office and services, mm-hmm. then the transformation that they're hoping for, just so you can help them paint that vivid picture of the future with you by their side, helping them. And um, also very important, false beliefs. They are super mm-hmm. powerful to um, help them, yeah, sort of justify the conversations that they're having with themselves because we're all surrounded by family, friends, society. Everyone's trying to tell us what we should do and what's right and what's not right. And they're planting these um, ideas in our heads. So it's about acknowledging that those conversations exist and helping um, helping your audience actually overcome those and, and mm. normalize those. Um, objections is another bucket, very important because um, you don't want to start addressing those objections on your sales page ideally you want to take weeks um to yeah gently plug away at those and (laughs) and really um yeah help your audience overcome those so whether it's Mm. around time around money around not feeling ready for um the course or your service you know not being at the right point in your business journey all those things really um are perfect to address beforehand so when they Mm. come to that sale it's no longer an issue um and then very important sticky terms so these Mm. are quotes that your audience says they are 100% copy paste jobs that um, (laughs) I pick up from surveys or um customer interviews that I'm having for for my clients and often um, your audience can say it so much better than mm. you ever can or even myself as a copywriter ever can. And those sticky terms often find it, um, you know, make it into actual headlines or mm. subheadings in my web copy. Um, a recent example was for a client. Um, she has a membership for empty nest midlife women who are transitioning into that next chapter of their life. And mm. um 
yeah, in the survey responses, um, someone actually put that she was looking to connect with the 50-year-old version of the playgroup mum. Mm. And something like that is just, I could never have come up with that, but it's so true. <laughs> so um, we totally use that in, um, you know, in her uh, nurture sequence as well mm. to just plant that idea. It's just so relatable, so tangible and, um, yeah, it just gets your reader to nod along and go, oh, my God, she really, she really understands me. So mm-hmm. they are the core buckets that make it super simple to find, you know, content topics, also to plug straight into your messaging and into your copy. And it just makes it super simple to, yeah, to streamline your marketing, to save time, mm-hmm. save headaches whenever you're stuck with, you know, what to put into your next email, what to post on social media, what next blog post to uh, to write to help mm. that audience to, to you know, progressively get closer to to buying from you. Yeah, it sounds like it's a really kind of strategic way to take the guesswork out of what to write. And I I really love this idea of having a resource you can dip back into as you're creating sales copy for your website, for emails, for content, for blogs. Like, I think that's a really smart thing, and particularly for people like our listeners who are short on time, short on energy. I love this idea of doing the work once, creating a system that helps you reuse that work strategically. I think that's just magic. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, And you know, the the time as well that you save down the track, it sounds like so much effort to actually organize it and and put it into the buckets, mm -hmm. but it is a, you know, do it once effort and and it, it honestly is going to help you find, you know, those aha moments and it just, everything comes together all of a sudden and often you see your business and your audience from a whole new perspective Mm. where those assumptions that you had about your audience all of a sudden are completely turned upside down um and and the way you market and the messaging you're using is shifting entirely simply because you have so many first-hand insights yeah i i could imagine that happens quite a lot because we as the business owners become really used to like accustomed to what we're doing we're already the expert in what we're talking about or what we're doing and it can be really hard to get that objectivity back into how someone from the outside who's struggling with that is actually thinking and feeling and talking so I think that's a really important message I I want to highlight that in particular because I know a lot of people listening might be doing their own copywriting for some pieces or working with a copywriter and it is it is really hard to bring that objectivity back. So I, I love this mm. kind of resource that doesn't mean you have to do a bunch of interviews all the time for everything you're launching. It's a way to kind of have that on tap. I think that's that's genius. <laughs> yeah. And and it basically lets your audience do the hard work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let them tell you what they want <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's all there you just have to plug into it and um, yeah. it just means you never start from a blank page again because you've got all this glorious you know intel to simply structure in a logical mm. way to to support the reader to that yeah. you know independent decision whether you are the one or you are not the one because ultimately yeah that, I love that you want to do it sounds like you're very like mixed between the left and the right brain. You've got this sort of data analysis piece of what you're doing and then the creativity that obviously comes with copy. I'm curious, like, how did you get into this business? How did you get into copy? What's your what's your story? What's your journey? Yeah, yeah. So I originally come from a um, marketing background. So I used to do PR and corporate communications 
in the automotive industry for oh. 10 odd years. I know, right? Bit different, but, um, <laughs> bit different. Yeah, yeah, a bit different, but still the same, you know, finding unique selling points to mm-hmm. new models and, you know, convincing the media that this mm. is the car. Um, so same thing, you know, finding unique angles. Um, I also worked in sales, so corporate sales, and again, mm. feeding into that same same topic. Um, yeah. Corporate sales, that side of um, my career was more focused on retention. So it was mm. lovely to get that different point of view. So rather than getting them to commit for the first time around, it's all about um, how do you convince them to stick around and buy again. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, I also worked as a translator for German and English. Oh, so I've got lots of love. <laughs> yeah. So originally I've been in Australia for 20 years. So I'm um, uh, yeah, at the halfway point, 20 years in Germany, 20 years here. So it's, um, yeah, God, it's been a while. My God, I'm old. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've always had a flair for languages and, mm. you know, and, and words. So I've just married the two and, um, yeah, taken a whole bunch of courses since because it's really fascinating how, mm. um, yeah, us humans work and how we need to be supported to, um make up our mind and be nurtured to feel heard and seen and understood so um yeah yeah, I've yeah never looked back it's so interesting (laughs) intriguing and it really feeds into my strategic side and Mm. that creative side to to use both yeah I love that I think Mm. that's a really interesting perspective having the sales piece as well I know many marketers only know marketing and I think that's a really intriguing sort of little piece to add in there um you mentioned you have three three kids and I'm guessing from that timeline they popped up while you were doing all of this how did that go as you transitioned into running a business with I'm assuming at least a few of the kids already Mm -hmm. with you How, how did that transition go for you yeah so I I actually was made redundant when um like from my I know right so many stories I like that. it's terrible mm. it's all too common unfortunately but yep, um, yeah I, I got made see yep. shocking anyway mm. different topic <laughs> we could talk for hours <laughs> but uh, it, looking back it probably was a blessing in mm-hmm. disguise because I wouldn't be where I am today without yep. that eye-opening you know take a moment to think situation um yeah it was after about 10 years with that one employer loved my job oh. and it literally broke my heart and sent me into this identity crisis of is mm. it me am I not good enough I'm sure you know we all can relate yeah. Yeah. um and yeah my little my second one was three months at the time so it oh was gosh that was the, the same timing. for me oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> yeah so um yeah that sort of sparked a moment and realization yeah. that I never wanted to be a number in a system in a business yeah. again and yeah it took me a while to work out what I wanted to do, um, mm-hmm. but I luckily, you know, got a little bit of a payout, which got me some time, bought me some time to really think and consider. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, I had to go back to full-time work because I hadn't figured out what to do. <laughs> of course, there's not enough part-time work around. So it's that mm-hmm. people, you have to pay bills, obviously. So yeah. I was juggling, yeah, two kids, a full-time job for a Oof. while, and then um, just yeah, one day had enough. And I went, you know what, I, I just have to, I have to do something else. I have to find something that inspires me and something that potentially can get me out of this rut of full-time work, chasing my yeah. tail all the time. Um, terrible. 
And um, yeah, I sort of explored content marketing at the time. Now, social media, they were the heydays mm. of Instagram and organic <laughs> reach and all those things were still were still possible. Still a thing. <laughs> so um, I just, yeah, explored content marketing, thinking that might get me a foot in the door within mm. the big corporate organization, mm-hmm. which didn't happen. But part of that course was copywriting because mm-hmm. obviously that's a big part of, um, of content marketing. And that sparked something in me where I went, oh, my God, people actually do this for a living. Like <laughs> I, can, I can write stuff for other people. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just started my company on the side. I went, I don't know, I might not even get clients, but I'm just going to put myself out there, mm-hmm. set up my website. And, um, yeah, by chance, um, a friend of mine you know, runs her own business. She gave me a chance to do some uh, stuff for her. And via her, I found my first um, copywriting client and she's actually still a client of mine today which is incredible (laughs) Um, but yeah from there it sort of spiraled and then for a Mm. while I still worked that full-time job then fell pregnant with number three um, and sort of went okay now's the time I need to ramp up and just see whether I can make this happen Mm. Um, and yes I worked at night for a while mm-hmm. after work to actually service all the clients that I was getting. So for yeah. a while it was just too much, but um, yeah, I was absolutely committed. I wanted to go on maternity leave and mm-hmm. then see whether it's going to work and I can do this. And um, yeah, it just grew from there, like word of mouth. I found more and more clients and mm. then quit my corporate gig, as I said before. And um, mm. yeah, I'm just loving what I'm doing, so many inspiring stories and love all the women that I get to support and all the fellow, you know, fellow mums that got made redundant. It's just we all need to support each other, I feel. Yeah. So much opportunity out there. So if we can all just lift each other up, there's, um, yeah, so much potential for everyone. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that's a really powerful message, but coming from that corporate culture where you are just a number and mm. really turning it round into this more community sort of supportive attitude and that's something I really love about the online business space in particular is it is at least the corner of the internet I live in yeah uh, yeah. it is this really supportive you know encouraging space where yes there's maybe competition but it doesn't feel like it's you know all out for ourselves and I think that is something really different from many Mm. other work environments so I, I particularly love that part um, yeah. and maybe it's our, maybe it's our female mentality as well where you know, I don't know it's like we all as you as you said we all sort of experience that either that glass ceiling or yeah. you know all the challenges that come with um, motherhood and trying to juggle a job so I just yeah. find everyone so supportive and and ultimately you know there's space for all of us and people are going to find the person they organically gravitate towards so it's it's not a matter of you know competition it's just a matter Mm. of yeah supporting and um, you know shouting out other women doing amazing things yeah especially in the service space you know they're really you can't help everybody it would be ridiculous if you tried so there's no point in competing on you know things like that because you you'll find the right fit people it's really not I don't think it can be a volume game. So why try and make yeah. it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned earlier on about some sort of t- changes, some shifts you've made in your business to help mm-hmm. fit around actually 
having these lovely three children and yeah. you know raising them alongside your business what what have that sort of what have those shifts been how's that yeah yeah good question because I'm <laughs> super super passionate about it because you know what it's like when you start out and you're trying to please everyone mm-hmm. and you don't really have firm boundaries or even an idea of <laughs> yeah. structuring projects so they don't run over and cause complete anxiety and mental mm-hmm. breakdowns um, when kids are sick or all the joys so (laughs) I I have embraced um VIP days and Mm -hmm. intensives in my business so I only work in very structured ways with my clients which works for me uh also for them because they know they're getting deliverables at certain times so even Mm. either after a day or after a week depending on how we how we work together Mm. um but it just means I have a very organized calendar so yeah. I know exactly what days I'm doing client work, what days I have free to do CEO days. So actually yeah. working on my business and doing things like re- recording podcasts and, <laughs> um, you know, growing my business and getting myself mm-hmm. out there because I have to do those things, right? Um, and that's just given me that headspace that I'm working on one brand at mm-hmm. a time. I'm very focused. I get lots done and... Um, yeah, I know exactly when I'm starting, when I'm finishing. I'm not relying yeah. on clients to provide me with things because they know exactly when I need it, when they're getting their stuff. So it's super crystal clear um, mm. and structured. And as someone who leans towards anxiety and yeah. trying to over-deliver, like I pride myself in what I deliver. So I go above and beyond still trying to work on that. But <laughs> it, it just, yeah, helps my brain too. To actually deliver like do my best work yeah. and then also be present for for my kids on the other mm. days I can pick them up from school I um you know I can spend time with them after yeah. after work it just works for everyone I think and it um it means I can do what I love while mm-hmm. still spending time with the kids also my daughter so she's she's my older she's 12 and she um what I love is that she she just uh, she's so interested in the business and oh that's cool and I just love that she she sees that you know mum can be mum but mum also is out there doing her thing and she she, she's my uh, chief client gift manager so she's (laughs) a welcome gift so she's involved in the business loves it um so it's just yeah I don't know just so fulfilling and rewarding to to know that I'm making an impact and yeah and um yeah on my own terms which is very important yeah I love that I love that you found a way to kind of model and include your kids or at least your eldest in the business yeah. itself my my little guy's only four Olivia's got a three-year-old so we're not quite there yet but yeah I'm really curious for future us and for listeners with slightly older kids how did that happen how did you you know start getting her aware of what you were doing and involved a little bit in the business because I think that would be a really interesting thing if your child does express interest to actually show them like this is what it looks like it's not Mm. like a typical job so how how did that happen how have you nurtured that yeah so she when she started kindy that's when I was still working um my full-time job so she literally oh god looking back I feel terrible I shouldn't (laughs) but I do she she went to before and after school care so she literally Mm -hmm. was dropped off at seven in the morning I pick her up at five in the evening so she she knew that side of me where Mm. literally it was just dinner quickly doing homework there was not really time for after school activities it was just always rushed and um she just noticed that 
you know, lovely shift. So once, um, mm. once my third was born, obviously things slowed down anyway, organically because of mat- mat- maternity leave, but yeah, she just realized, you know, that, that shift that I felt happier and mum mm. could actually be around. She could be at assemblies and, and I just yeah. was a lot more present and, and she started questioning, you know, why, like what I'm doing and why it's different now and why I don't have yeah. to work long hours. And so I thought, especially for her as a, as a girl, I wanted mm. to know that you can make your own choices. You don't have to work long hours. You have to, you know, you can, you can write your own rules, basically. There's no yeah. set, set path that you have to go down and, um, yeah, she just was really curious and then always going, so who, who are you talking to today? Who are you writing for? And yeah. it organically organically evolved from there. And, um, yeah, she's just naturally curious and so mm. I just involve her. So whenever there's yeah. client gifts, you know, that's her thing. She packs the boxes and wraps it. And, yeah, it's just I just like her to feel inspired and, yeah, yeah. know that, you know, she can do anything. I think that's lovely. I think, you know, I know a lot of people are the first in their family who are running a business of Mm. their own. And it's not something we see modeled that much. You know, I think even a few generations back, if you ran a business, you ran a physical store and there was that distance between home and work. And I think the fact that most of us work in our houses does kind of bring that awareness to children too. And you know, I think we could be all nurturing another generation of entrepreneurs by just mm. showing and, and modeling. Like, this is what life can look like if you decide to run it yourself. I think that's, that's really powerful. That's a really lovely yeah. legacy to lead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And with, you know, the online world, it's just, there's so mm. many opportunities to connect with, you know, we connected you on the other <laughs> side of the world. It's, yeah, it's quite incredible how, yeah, how we just connect online and the magic mm. happens. So yeah, I'm excited for her and the opportunities that are yeah. ahead for her. And, you know, those mindset shifts as well for little girls that they just think it's normal, you know, you, mm. can, you can do what you want rather than having to stick with the status quo. Yeah, I think that's something really, really lovely in this sort of, I guess, time we live in, in this space we we operate in, is that it does feel like you can write your own story and you can do things your own way, which I know mm. I feel very privileged that we can because, you know, even my mom didn't have as much choice as we had. And there was a lot of overworking. A lot of what you described at sort of early stage feels yeah. very similar to, you know, other people I know of, even my generation. And I think this entrepreneurial spirit is a really empowering thing for women who do still want to fill that maternal role being that present parent to go do the school pickups and do something fulfilling for themselves I think you know it's taken a long time for us to get here and I love this idea of of continuing it and demonstrating it to the generation after that just gives me all the happy feels (laughs) yeah same same Oh, yes, well, I'm girls, sure. Hey? I know. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we could keep talking for ages, but this has been so lovely. I hope we've sparked some curiosity around copywriting and collecting your sort of information around your clients and all things balancing mum and life and business. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about how people can continue to learn from you and stay in touch and learn more about your approach? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me um, on Instagram at Can Do Content. 
you can also check out my website. I've got a whole bunch of resources to help you overcome that overwhelm. Um, one of them is um, actually going to kickstart your audience research journey because I know how overwhelming it can be. So I've got 10 strategic survey questions that um, you can literally take and run with to send out your first or next um, strategic survey. So you can start and create your own buckets and, and actually have those aha moments for you. So I'm going to share that link with um, Michelle to drop it in the show notes. Exactly. Thank you so much. That sounds perfect. And a really lovely follow along from this conversation. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much again for joining me. And thank you listeners for joining in this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mumpreneurs, we really appreciate a rating or telling a business friend about the show. We're going to be back next week with more busy uh, marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care. Bye bye.